0: Well, here we are, Alex. Just hanging out before the podcast starts. We don't do this very often, you know. No, I know,
1: and I enjoy this little these little times that we can just uh update each other and talk about what's going on um in the background or what's going on in in, in our lives. And so this is one of those times that we can just really kind of remind ourselves what we're about and also yep. how we how we're doing. How we're and, doing, um, I know we, we always have a weather check in, and then we right. check in is what we have. Is usually how it's, it I,
0: I know we're like old people, you know, how the <laughs> old people are like, Let's talk about the weather, you I know, they watch water, the, and the weather channel, yeah, mm-hmm. Yep. and, that's then, it. and then what's aching. <laughs> so, so that
1: is what's going on,
0: yeah, that, yeah. So, my weather check in is it's stinking hot Chattanooga right now. That's I my weather check in. I we're
1: watching from that, we're watching from down here on the island, and we're watching just this intense heat wave that's happening up in the south uh, southeastern united states and we're just kind of i mean i'm not saying we're laughing but sure i am saying we're glad that you guys know how we feel and uh
0: and yep. everybody
1: kind of understands our a little bit of our lives a little bit
0: yeah well you know when i arrived in the dominican at the airport and i come off the plane because planes got air conditioned you know it's always cool i come off the plane and then I hit the, you know, the check-in areas and all that, mm-hmm. just going through everything. And it's, you know, it's, it's not hot. It, it's, it's not cool, but it's not hot. We've through all of that and then meet you down by, you know, the entryway and yeah. do the whole, hey, and catch up for a few minutes. And then there's always that moment where we hit those glass doors. Yes. And the glass doors open and you walk out into palm trees swaying uh-huh. and sweat rolling. and it's It's like it just hits you like
1: (laughs) it does it hits you right in the face it's a blast of just hot humid sultry air tropical air and uh and, and everybody just starts immediately commenting on it. Well, I'm just walking around like it's nothing, but this You're year walking
0: around I, in a jean jacket. That's yeah. the, that's the problem I can never comprehend with a coffee in your hand. And I'm like, what is that's wrong hot with you? Coffee. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I did send a note to y'all the other day, just saying, okay, this is, it's hot. I, this is the first time I've ever walked around actually feeling beat it, you know, sweat beating. Yeah, down the back. And so I was like, no, this is, I said, y'all would be proud of me or y'all would just laugh your faces off, um, one or yeah. the other, because you've never seen me swelter as much. But this hot. year is,
2: it's, it's really,
1: we're doing it's, the swelter. It, all it, and we're all walking around, like even the Dominicans, we're all walking around just, it's just hot. I mean, we comment on it all the time. Right. And <laughs> I'm like, I don't think commenting really helps.
0: I mean, you know, it's, uh, maybe agree. it makes you
1: feel better to tell me it's hot, but I'm, I know that. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yep. I know, I know, I know. Well, and
0: oh. I know this is y'all's busy season, right? Because y'all yeah. just been doing teams and, and a lot of people visiting. And so you've got a lot of young people and a lot of groups from churches and that kind of thing. And y'all are, I mean, you're kind of into it, aren't you?
1: We're loving it. We've had a group from St. Pete um, down in Florida, and they're the ones I don't think they can handle the heat. And I kept telling them, y'all are from Florida. Yeah, I, you know, it's right. not that different. But um, they had some work projects so they really had to pace themselves on the, um, on the heat there. And then this week's group is from Simpsonville, South Carolina, and they are just jumping in and doing whatever needs to be done. It's the last day of school. So this group has been able to spend time with the students and kind of keep the students occupied, you know, because the last two weeks of the year or the last two days yeah. of the year, it's not like the teachers have anything planned. And so no. this group can mm-hmm. come in and just play some some activity games and keep them busy until party time. And to so party time. And so today <laughs> was the, officially la- the last day of school. Um, that's as cool. We're, you know, and so there that's cool.
0: Out. And, you know, I think we ought to give a shout out because the palms is always in need of teachers. And, you know, it's a really a great opportunity if somebody's listening today and they're like, hey, I'm not looking, trying to figure out what to do. I've got an education degree. I'm not sure what to do with my life. Um, You know, man, this would just, that's a really cool opportunity to, to, to connect with the Palms and do a couple years in the Dominican and yeah, teach.
1: and we've had and we've had um, students right out of college um, just uh, join us uh, in their first you know first year or two of teaching. So we've had yes. that, but we've also had um, widows um, that are kind of looking for a place to serve for maybe nine to ten months. They've come down and taught for a year or two years. That's we've cool. had um, single moms uh, that have you know or empty nesters that have joined mm-hmm. us. And so this year we are looking for a first grade teacher that teaches that can teach all in English. Got we need it. a first grade teacher, and then we need seventh, seventh to ninth grade, kind of middle school math and science. And so got these it. are all subjects that need to be taught in English. And so if anybody's out there looking, please email us, or if you know of a student that yeah, you know, kind of college, or if you're like, hey, I want to take a year and and go overseas, and we've got a great community of and Reva's met them. We've got a great community of teachers yeah. uh, and administrators that you know just really step in and help along the way and two uh, two great churches that you can choose from you know to pick and choose where, where you want to go to church yeah and, that's uh, and then awesome. of course we live we live um if this isn't enough of a selling point point, we live 15 minutes away from some of the most beautiful
0: beaches on the island so um, yeah. you know yes so. absolutely and so in your in your off time yeah <coughs> you like right. to go to the beach right yeah, yeah.
1: Saturday. So, hey, we run into teachers at the beach all the time on Saturday. Exactly. So yeah, we're definitely looking for teachers that, you know, just a ministry minded mm-hmm. heart and, uh, and, and would love to, to join us. We've got, you know, we've got a cool. great, so, yeah. Thanks
0: yeah. For the show. That's really, no, no, That's a good, good plug here. Well, you know, I know that it's going to be a weird interview today because mm-hmm. today I, uh, we're gonna, I'm interviewing Jen, um, and Jen and Tony Luzo. Tony was with us back earlier. Today, I'm interviewing his wife, uh, Jen Luzo, but you're not going to be able to do this interview with us.
1: No, I'm not. We've had, because of these groups that you've mentioned, um, I'm going to be yes. having to step away and, uh, and run around uh, with them for a little, bo- a little while. And I do love it, but this is, uh, this is my favorite time of the week is this, uh, or these podcast interviews. And so, and I did enjoy that. I, I really enjoyed and I was just blessed by our conversation with Tony a few yeah. months ago. And, yeah. and just hearing from him about their, the story of their, of their son, Logan. And really, Tony tells us kind of from start, how it started and what, what they yeah. noticed and what was happening. And it was heartbreaking, but yet inspiring at the same time um, to just listen to how the Lord uh, has just brought their family through this and is bringing them through this struggle and bringing them yeah. through these, you know, these, these, uh, this valley right now. And, um, and they're all of lessons they've learned. So I really enjoyed yeah. the interview. So I'm, I'm looking forward to when it finally airs listening to you and Jen talk about these, uh, this future.
0: Yeah, because I think it's going to be that. really cool to listen to it from a mom's perspective, right? A wife's perspective. And you know, hear what God has taught her. And you know, Jen, Jen is super shy. You know, she's really not this super outgoing person. So, um, you know, we kind of had to bend her arm and beg her to uh, join us on the podcast uh, because she was so nervous. I'm like, "Look, nobody's going to see you," and she was like, "I know, but still." So, uh, so this is a lot for her to do. However, I just know it's going to be awesome. I know that she's going to say some things that are really going to be powerful for people who are listening, and uh, it's going to catch us up because we left off last time with Tony and he was bringing us right to the point of Logan's surgery yeah and so now that has passed and uh, there's a lot of God has just done a lot of great things uh, in their lives and in their family and yet the struggle was still real so um,
1: yeah, yeah. And, I th- and I think that things have happened since then in their family and just as far as because um, they have they, they have Logan Logan is their son but yeah. then they have other, other children yeah. as well. so I think Jen is going to be Jen is going to be able to bring a good perspective on how everybody as a family is um is learning and growing through this yeah i'm excited about this this yeah well i
0: hate you're gonna miss it but i'm gonna but we're we're gonna jump off of here because we're gonna get into this interview yeah uh you go do your thing with all your groups and uh and hopefully uh i'll do a good job with this interview and we will we will be able to catch up next time with both of us at the same time yeah Uh, all right well uh i'm gonna let you go for now let's get let's get going on this interview
3: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale.
0: This is Reba and welcome to the Rooted Deep Podcast. We're so glad you joined us, whether this is your first time or uh, this is your, you know, over a hundred times, you guys may remember we celebrated uh, 100 episodes just a few weeks ago and that was fun. And so uh, whether, no matter how many episodes you've listened to, we're glad you're here today. I'm really, really excited. Um. To have uh, Jen Luza with us, and uh, this is going to be a really great interview. I'm excited about it, but I will tell you that Allison's not here today. And I know uh, many of you love uh, hearing Allison, and you're always curious as to what she's going to say on this podcast. And uh, but she is not here today. She is in the Dominican, uh, but she got tied up with some things there, ministry wise, and could not do this podcast with us today. So we are going to miss Allison today. But we're really glad. Uh, Jen and I have been friends. Good night, Jen. We've been friends a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It just seems like we met. Uh, Jen and her husband were uh, were. Uh, he was a youth pastor. They were bringing kids to a, a youth conference that I was a part of, and that's kind of I think was our official introduction. 20 years ago oh yeah maybe so (laughs) a long long time ago it seems like uh and now time has just flown by and her little kids are no longer little kids anymore they're all big kids uh and tony is no longer youth pastor he's now the pastor um at fellowship in columbus ohio and uh we but we have continued the friendship through the years and you know we had jen we had tony on the podcast back in december Mm -hmm. and he shared with us the story and those of you guys may remember tony being on the podcast with us sharing with us the story of their son logan and um you know finding out that logan had cancer and that it was a very difficult cancer and we you know they were right getting ready to have surgery and uh, that's kind of where we left off as tony shared his journey so we are just so pumped uh, to have jen on here with us today because i think that your perspective as a mom on logan's journey and your family's journey, and how this all started with you. Um, is going to be very different than Tony's, and I think it, it'll probably be better. Don't tell Tony. We won't say anything about, <laughs> about that at all, but Jen, I mean, I'm so glad you're here, so I want you just to go ahead and jump in wherever you feel comfortable jumping in, but talk to us a little bit about your family, the journey, Logan, and and a little bit about what's going on. Okay,
3: so um
2: know, yeah, it was about a year ago that Logan had graduated from high school. He turned 18. He had all these plans to go to college and um but he had a a really bad cough and then he had passed out at church while he was running the uh, song lyrics. So we took him to the doctor and it, it was weird because his pediatrician said there's nothing I can't see anything wrong with him. Hmm. Um but there's just something, it's not normal for a teenager to pass out in an air conditioned building when he's sitting down. So there's just yeah. something about it that wants me to just make sure he's okay. So he sent us for the EKG. And then when those results came back, he was, um, he said, there's just, you know, the EKG looks normal. There's just a slight irregularity in one of the ventricles. He said, it's probably just a glitch. But again, I just don't feel right
3: about right. just saying
2: it's fine. I want to continue. Um, so he set up the meeting with cardiologists and then they came back with an EKG result with the same thing and just said, I don't feel right about sending you home because there's just that little thing. And that's wow. when they did an echocardiogram and they found the tumor. And in hindsight, I can look back and, and say, I'm so thankful that God just put those little inklings in all of their right. minds, not give up, or this could have ended up so much worse. So, yeah, because um, the
0: cancer was in his heart, right? Or
2: in his chest but it was pushing on his heart and his lungs which was causing the cough and it caused him to okay to pass out so so that night I mean that first day was rough I mean I honestly with all my heart thought they were going to tell him he was dehydrated and he needed to drink more water like his mom had been telling him right (laughs) and (laughs) and
3: I wasn't right
2: yeah oh um I mean we're, we're laughing waiting, just talking about where we're going to go for lunch. And then all of a sudden we're being admitted to the ICU for an indefinite period of time. And it was just, it was a blur. I don't really remember what went on that day, but that night laying on the couch, I'm just crying to God for my son's life. I just, I mean, it's, he had plans. This was not the plan. Right. And, um, the next morning I woke up before everybody else and I had all these text messages on my phone from so many friends and family and just people mm. reaching out, saying they praying, sending me Bible verses and songs. And, and it was really cool to get all those. But then I got on Facebook and literally every post on my newsfeed was about Logan, was his picture, just you know, pray for Logan, all this stuff. And all of a sudden it was so weird because this incredible peace just flooded over me at that moment. I just, mm. God was showing me that he was giving us an army to fight with and mm-hmm. and it's funny because i've heard people go through hard times before and they say um i just had this peace. god is so good and i'm like you're crazy but, i mean right. I'd be a mess. i was going through what you did and i never yeah. understood the piece that passes all understanding but at that moment i did and for the most part i carried that through the majority of this trial um I just knew that God was going to do something. We had such a platform um, with this. So many people watching unsaved family and friends that were reaching out, watching Logan's story. And I just knew God was going to do a miracle for us. So I really did. I mean, and it was cool that every time something bad happened or we got bad news or whatever, God would show up almost immediately afterwards Mm. and just reminding us, I'm here. I got this, trust me. And um, probably for me as a mom, one of the hardest days that I had was just coming home from that initial hospital experience. And most people would be like, wouldn't that be a joyous occasion you're released from the hospital? But for me, I'm organizing this mountain of paperwork, you know, what to do and who to call if this happens. And I had to get 14 prescriptions filled and organize them wow. and figure out when to give those to him. And we set up our guest bedroom as kind of a makeshift hospital room for him. And, and to me, it, it was my home. My home is a safe place. You know, yeah. you can do all this at the hospital, but I shouldn't have to do this here. And that was just really, really difficult for me. Wow. But, um, but it was cool because I went to fill the prescriptions and I was crying in line. Like, this is not my life. I shouldn't have to be here. And I was <laughs> right. sorry for myself. And Logan had come off his first round of chemo. He was extremely nauseous and weak. He wouldn't eat. We couldn't get him to eat anything. And I walk in the house after that and he has a Moe's uh, burrito bowl in front of him. Oh my he- goodness. Mo's! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it might sound stupid, but to me, that was like God saying, okay, you know, this is encouraging God, you know, something right. good, and positive. So, and he was constantly doing that through, you know, every trial that we went through it, immediately, he would show up. I know, um, when Tony was on, he talked about them shocking his heart. And, yes. you know, that was probably the absolute worst day that I've ever lived through. And it had happened, like, I don't eat breakfast. So Tony went and got him and Logan breakfast. They had just eaten. And that's when Logan started to feel his heart, heart rhythm. And that's when all this started. Well, because the mass is so big in his chest, they couldn't knock him out for any kind of surgery or procedure because they were afraid when they relaxed the heart muscle, the tumor would actually crush his heart. Okay. So they had to give him like the twilight drug that just kind of makes him a little loopy, but he was still awake. Um. So but because in order to do that, he had to not have food for like six to eight hours. So we okay. had to wait all that time since he had just eaten breakfast. And it was, I mean, we're not eating. We're like, we don't know what to expect. They just rushed our son to the cardiac ICU with him with a crashed heart. Like we're trying to stay positive for him and laugh and mm-hmm. joke, but just praying. And, and so we went through that whole ordeal. They shocked his heart twice. It didn't work. Of course, we're praying and begging God to make this work. We just want to be done with this and it's not working. And they finally, they decided they weren't going to do it a third time yet. And the room cleared out and I am just emotionally and spiritually and physically exhausted and hungry and tired. I can't stop crying and all of this stuff. And this nurse walks in with a tray of cheesecake and brownies. And she said, this was just delivered to you. And okay. I'm like, that can't. I mean, we're not even in our regular room. How did you find us? But a sweet lady from our church had no idea what day that we'd had what we were going through. And she just decided to be a blessing and sent us a tray of cheesecake and brownies. And I started laughing because I was like, okay, God, I mean, a <laughs> year. Right. You're, you're sending me
0: cheesecake. <laughs> right. Exactly. In the middle of this crisis point, right?
3: It was the best cheesecake I've ever had because it was so yeah <laughs> upset. I mean
2: it was just it was absolute perfect timing it couldn't have happened any better and so I mean it, and he was kind I can tell you hundreds of stories where he just showed up every time and just increased my faith and got us through every hardship and every piece of bad news and everything that we went through so
0: so you guys were now to give kind of the audience perspective, because I know I've been walking this journey with you since the beginning. So but a lot for those maybe who haven't. So from that point in time where he was passing out and you get the news that he's got a a, a cancerous tumor in his chest cavity that's pushing on his heart and lungs from that point. Um, I mean, you guys were in and out of the hospital for like, I mean, what, what was that journey like? I mean, that was months and months and months on end, right? <laughs> It was
2: five months, I think, um, they did six rounds of very intense chemo because they never, even after biopsying the tumor, they, they still didn't know what kind of tumor, or yeah, what kind of cancer he had. Sure. So they just kind of hit him with the hardest hitting broad spectrum chemo that they had, hoping it would do something. And it did every time we went in for scans, it had shrunk the tumor a little bit. And so it was being effective. And we were very thankful for that. But even he would go in for six days um, to get his chemo. He'd have three weeks off. But in between that, he was usually back in the hospital for blood transfusions because um, his blood levels would drop so low. It knocked out his immune system. He'd get severe nosebleeds. And so we were in the hospital a lot during that time. Sure. the side effects were awful. I mean, he was nauseous and the fluids that they had to give him would blow him up. So he was so uncomfortable and yeah, it was just, it was rough. It was hard to watch him, but he always kept a smile, even on the hardest days. I mean, he would, even if it was a half smile, he would smile. And as long as he did that, I knew things were okay because he was okay. So
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I can only imagine, you know, I mean, he's you know he's 17 18 years old but he's he's still your baby right i mean right Very big I mean, baby but yes. yeah but you know that's still your baby laying there and all of the the things that you're having to go through you know through the course of this and obviously the seriousness of not, of doctors telling you we can't operate um we don't know what type of cancer this is um and but something has to be done or your son's not going to make it um I mean so you know so but you've still got this peace. Right. That that is sustaining you through mm-hmm. I mean some of the hardest days and and days you're crying and eating cheesecake, right? Right. I told
2: one of my friends I said I feel like I'm doing this wrong. I feel like I should be more upset about this, but it was almost exciting to me because I knew God was going to do something so big and I got to be a part of it. And mm-hmm. so I just that kind of sustained me through all of this until we got to the surgery
0: <laughs> until you got to the surgery, yeah. yeah, so when we left off with Tony in December, Logan was getting ready to have the surgery, yeah. and now, I want you to tell us about this because this was obviously it was a high risk surgery um, there were a lot of factors that they, I, they they set you up for going into it, but it was one of those things where it had to be done, and so kind of. For those people who you know have no idea, tell us just a little bit about what it was like to go into that moment where now you know your son's going to have to have this surgery that's going to be a scary thing.
2: Yeah. They, they told us, they said the only way that he can be
0: cancer-free is to actually
2: remove the tumor. So they said chemo was never going to get it to the point where it just disappears. And honestly, I had been praying that God would just zap the cancer and then go in for a scan and it would be gone and we wouldn't have to go through it because... I watched a lot of doctor shows and yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, I just could picture all those bad scenarios. Right. So, um, But, you know, obviously that didn't happen. So we got set up to, to go into the surgery. It was going to be open heart. They had to crack his chest open and, and all this. And they told us that it would be, I forget how long the surgery would be. But we had, I mean, Tony had set up. Where people could sign up for slots of time or days to Mm -hmm. fast and pray, so that the three weeks leading up to the surgery, every moment was covered in prayer for this. And and again, it was our army coming through for us and and Mm -hmm. they prayed us through. And I didn't want to go through it, but knowing that I had to, I just felt like, okay, we've got this. And um, so he went back, and about halfway through the time that they told us it would take, I got a text. And they said, please come to the desk. Um, the doctor needs to meet with you. And I was hopeful that maybe he just, you know, maybe something didn't go as planned and they just needed permission to do something else. Or maybe he got in there and the cancer was gone. Like, yeah, I'm trying to hold on to hope because that's never good when you get paid to to meet with a surgeon halfway through. Right. But When he walked in, he said, first of all, Logan's doing fine. He's in recovery. Uh, He did great through the surgery, but unfortunately we were not allowed, or we were not able to remove the tumor. And I honestly believe that day was harder for me than the original diagnosis because Mm. we had so much hope. This was our last hope. They, they said, we're going to do chemo and we're going to do surgery. And then it was going to be over. And that's what made the surgery worth it to me is that we were going to be done with the chemo in the hospital state. He was going to be healthy and get to go to college. And, and so when he said that our minds kind of went to, there's no more hope left because with the chemo that they had, or that they had given him, it was so intense. They said, we will do a maximum of six rounds of this, but after that, it can cause long-term organ damage that would be worse than cancer itself. So, from our knowledge, that was it. There was no more chemo after this. Mm -hmm. And they said, because it's so close to the heart and lungs, radiation probably wasn't an option. And so when this failed, it was just, I mean, we were taking our son home to watch him die. And that was very, very hard. Even then, like I said, God always stepped in. Um, They had told us originally, because we were no longer at Children's Hospital, we were at uh, OSU and because of COVID rules we were not allowed to stay with Logan in the room and we the two of us had always been with Logan at sure. children that was really difficult for us you know just to so we fought we called everybody we knew to call um and they gave permission for one of us to stay so I was planning on staying with him but by the time they got him out of recovery and moved up to a room and we got to see him if visiting hours were almost over and Tony was Devastated because first of all we got this horrible news and then he couldn't even be with his son, and so the nurse came in and he said, "What time do I have to leave?" And she said, "You guys have had a rough day. You both stay." And she, oh wow, both of us to stay in the hotel the entire time,
3: or at the hotel, the hospital room
2: with with, uh, Logan the entire time he was in there. So it was such a blessing because we did not expect that, and but. That's
0: incredible because I mean, you're thinking you're going to have to walk away and leave him, which is awful, right? You know, on one of the, maybe the worst days of your lives, as far as hearing this news. And then all of a sudden now you get to stay. So what was that like? I mean, you're there, you're, you're staying, your son's laying there. I mean, what, what's going through your mind at a time like that? It was
2: hard. I mean, I, at that point, I think all that faith that I had been holding on to just kind of. Vanished. I was just, I was devastated. And looking back, when I said I had all this faith, and I did, but there was always another step. There was always another round of chemo. There was always a surgery. There was always something that man could do that I kind of hold yeah. on to. As I said, I'm having faith in God and I'm trusting Him. So at this point, all those options are taken off the table. And I just I had nothing to hold on to anymore. I I couldn't do anything. And I th- mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing was watching Logan because, like I said, he he was a fighter. He always kept a good attitude and, and a smile even on the worst days. And when he learned that the surgery didn't work, I I literally saw the hope leave his body. I mean, he mm-hmm. just he was in so much pain and it was for nothing. And he still had to deal with this. And he's going through the same emotions we are. He wouldn't smile. He was just miserable. And that broke me. So yeah, December was, was rough. And at the same time that Logan was diagnosed with cancer, my mom was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. So the week after Logan's surgery, my mom went in for a double mastectomy and normally I would have been there to help her recover, but I can't. So I'm feeling those feelings on top of all this, that I can't be there for my mom. She needs me. Um, Normally at Christmas time, we've, you know, since Tony and I've been married, we'd celebrate our Christmas. And then both of our families live down South and we would take off and spend a few days with each family. And that's when all the brothers and sisters come in, you know, the sure. entire family together, the together. And for the first time in 25 years, we couldn't go home for Christmas. And so I was just in a very bad place. I just, you know, I told God things that I should
0: have. <laughs> uh Well, you know, I'm so, no, you know, I'm so, I'm not glad you said that, but I'm, I'm really glad. I think that people sometimes feel like they can't be honest with God about how they're really feeling. And he does know how we're really feeling. And when you read through the Bible, you see David and Some of these guys, they're so bold and they're so honest. And, you know, I I read passages of scripture sometimes and think, I don't think I'd ever said that out loud. Uh, But they did, you know, and (laughs) they wrote it down and it ended up in the canon of scripture. Right. So, you know, I think there's there's help for this in that, because there's just times when I think what you said is so well put where we've hit the bottom. All of our options are are gone there's no other, uh, we're going to try this next option. And, you know, you're laying there feeling like, okay, you know, all hope has gone. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you just kind of, you know, I'm sure at whatever situation you're in, you just kind of, you just unload on God, you know? Um, and I'm so glad that he could handle Uh, when we unload on him. But you said something I think is so interesting. You said that God used the Christmas story to restore (laughs) your faith. So now I am just dying to hear this because I know this is Christmas time and you've just, you know, you've got a son um, who is just been told there's nothing else they can do. You've got a mom who's going through double mastectomy. Typically, you just said Christmas time, it's celebration, it's family, it's presents. None of that's happening. and. You know, I am so I'm so curious as to hear how God used the Christmas story to restore your faith.
3: Yeah. Um
2: so we got through most of the month of December. Christmas Eve came and Logan was feeling strong enough to go to the Christmas Eve service. So we you know, it was the first time in over a month that I had been in a church service. Um and honestly, I didn't want to go. I was I was mad at God. I just sure. I didn't want to hear. And I I know people mean well, and you know they would have tried to encourage right. me through christmas but nothing was going to fix what I was going through. So sure. I didn't want to go. But when you're married to the pastor, <laughs>
3: you right? <can't>
2: exactly. <laughs> so I'm sitting on the front row. We sing our Christmas carols. We sit down, and Tony starts reading the, the Christmas story. And he got the first two verses in Luke out. And I did not hear anything he said after that, mm. because God took me on this journey, in in my heart, um, I just started arguing with God. You know, first two verses were how they made the decree that they had to go be taxed in their city, and and then the end of verse two is and Mary was great with child. And I'm like, that was horrible timing, God.
3: I mean, I was just in right. that
2: you were in that mood. <laughs> and I'm like what were you thinking? I said, this woman is close to delivering her first child and she has to go on this journey. The the decree could have come at any other time in history, but it had to come at that moment. Mm -hmm. I said, could you not have changed that? And he was, you know how he just kind of whispers to your heart and he's like, I could have. And he he said, go on. So I'm like, and then she had to ride a donkey. I said, she didn't even get a car. She, right. (laughs) horse and buggy she had to ride a stinky donkey I've ridden a donkey because I played Mary in the play one year it was not fun
0: (laughs) right (laughs) and (laughs) And that was just down a short church aisle right
2: (laughs) so but she's she's eight nine months pregnant she's miserable and she's trying to balance on this donkey it couldn't have been comfortable I'm sure she was swollen and her back aches and I mean, I know when I was pregnant, I wanted to sit on the couch with my feet propped up and watch TV in my air-conditioned house. I didn't want to be outside traveling alone on a donkey. So I was just, you know, God, why? He's like, yeah, that was really hard for her. And I said, and then she's probably the whole way just crying out to God, Lord, I know we got a late start because we can't go as fast as the other people. Just let there be one room left when we get there. I just. All I can think about is getting to a bed and laying down and relaxing and propping my feet up and just, you know. Mm-hmm. And when they get there, there's no room, and they end up in a barn on the floor with bugs,
3: yeah, <laughs>
2: and dirt and, and
0: yeah, and cow poop, right? Yeah. Right. Like,
2: <laughs> and I'm just, all of this stuff is going wrong for her. I said, God, why, why didn't you save one room for her? You could have done that, and and he's like, I could have. I said and then she went into labor on top of all of that like, right no hospital no doctor no epidural no yeah. sterilized equipment and I mean I was just like for the first time I kind of looked at the at Mary as an actual pregnant woman and not just yeah. a cute figurine in our nativity set and I was just I said if anybody had should have had a ticket to an easy life it should have been the woman who was bringing your son into the world why did she have to go through all of this discomfort and all of these trials and in that still small voice he whispers to me and he says because I had a plan
3: and it didn't it wasn't about Mary and then he said and I have a plan for you and it's not about you Mm. and
2: and I just like tears are falling down my face and I don't know if Tony saw me but he probably was like wow I'm preaching really well
0: (laughs) (laughs) my wife is on the front row bawling right right.
2: (laughs) but I am just like God just kind of hit me over the head and said this is not about you and and Mm. I have this plan that you know there's gonna be Uncomfortable things that you go through, and there's going to be trials and things that you don't understand and you can't see. What would it have hurt for Mary to have a a comfortable bed to sleep on? Nothing, but that wasn't his plan. Mm -hmm. And he's like, You're not going to see it now, but you have to trust the plan. He said, But you can look back at Mary and see why all these things had to happen. And he said, Someday you'll be able to go back and see why all these things had to happen. But right now, you just have to trust the plan. Mm. And so at that moment, you know, it, it literally changed everything for me. And I just, I said, okay, God, this is what, this is what I want. (laughs) Yeah. I want you to be glorified in this situation. I Mm. mean, that's, that's the purpose of everything we go through. So, you know, I want to reflect you in whatever we do. I want you to get the glory. And I said, I want the cancer out of my son's body. I yeah. want him to be able to go to college. I want him to meet woman that you have for him and, and sure. a long, happy life and be able to tell everybody he meets the miracle that God performed in his life. But I said, the road you take us down to get to that point,
3: I'm going to trust you.
2: And it was, it was eye-opening for me. And it's funny because leading up to the surgery, the verse that we posted and we claimed was Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask sure, to think. Sure. And we prayed that so often, but I realized in that moment, I didn't want that. I wanted exactly what I asked and thought.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, Sure. Right. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. Because We can't process what God's doing and mm. we have to let go at that point. So that's kind of, where I've been lately is just kind of, you know, okay, if you're going to do a miracle, I have to take my hands off and stop trying to plan out this miracle and just let you do it.
0: Right. Which I think it such the challenge because I think what you said in so much honesty is where we all really are. Maybe our situation obviously looks different than what your family situation looks like, but I know there's people listening right now that have just been to that place or maybe there right now in their lives where they're like, okay, God this is what I want you to do. And this is how I want you to do it. And this is what I want it to look like. Amen. Right. right. <laughs> and, um, and you know, and a lot of times we do get so frustrated with God when it doesn't go that way. Sometimes to the point, people have walked away from their faith, feeling mm-hmm. like God didn't do what I asked him to do. And, you know, and I think, man, such a great point that you, you given us in such a real life circumstance that God just sometimes speaks down and says, you know what, I have a plan and it doesn't look like the one you've got in your mind, but you're going to have to trust me with the plan I have. Okay. Um, And, it, you know, and I think it's cool that, you know, even pastors' wives need to know that, right? <laughs> um, You know, people in ministry need to know that. It's not just, you know, it's no matter who you are, or no matter where you're at, because nothing. Prepares you for your oldest son having an inoperable cancer in his, you know, in his chest. That just doesn't prepare you for that. Oh wow! Well, I know this has been such a journey for your family, and as well as for Logan. Um, so where, I mean, so where are things now? You know, Tony kind of left us off with this surgery. You've just shared with us that you know the doctor comes out and says there's nothing we can do. Um, you know. Logan sent home and God has a meeting with you on the front row at church during the Christmas story. And so, you know, let's go back to Logan for a minute. Where where are things? I mean, we're sitting now, um, you know, as we roll into June. So where are I mean, where is as we're in the summer months now? That's six months ago. So where are things at now?
3: So
2: after the first of the year, um we they set up an appointment for us to meet with a new oncologist because we were no longer at Children's Hospital. So we walked in to the meeting. We didn't really know what to expect because like I said, we thought we didn't really have a lot of options. And, but he, it was cool because he sat down and he said, um, you know, the, the surgery didn't work obviously, but they were able to remove a a piece from the bottom of it. Like, yeah. And he said, well, they sent that for." Another biopsy and for further molecular testing. And he said, We still don't know exactly what kind of cancer your son has. They they're trying to classify it based on what it most matches, but it really doesn't fit into that box either. So they still don't know. But they said in doing the testing, they found two markers of the tumor, and they have a drug for one of those markers that um, he said we'd like to try with him. And it's he said it has about a 50% chance of stopping the growth of the tumor. It targets that marker and just kind of disrupts the growth process.
3: Okay. And so at this point, the, pre, the my goodness,
2: <laughs> the previous chemo had shrunk it enough that it was no longer putting the pressure on his lungs. His cough okay. was moving. and, um, even like when his heart went into AFib, he, that was kind of going in and out too. So, um, that was leaving the pressure off of his heart at the same time. So he said, if we can kind of stop it from growing, then that's kind of the next best thing is, you know, he can just live as he is now for as long as the medicine works. And so we were just thrilled to pieces that there was another option. Um, and we said, well, how long will he have to be in the hospital? And they said, it's not a hospital stay. It's a pill that he takes at home. Like, oh, wow. That's, you know.
0: that's even better. Right.
2: In the hospital, he just yeah, takes this yeah. pill and we're like, okay, what about side effects? And, um, they said it could cause a little bit of nausea. It could cause fatigue. Um, it could cause your hair to thin, which he had already lost his hair. So he didn't really care about that. Right. So, um, but he said, as far as, you know, what he had been experiencing with the other chemo, these side effects would be very, very mild. So we walked out of there, you know, just so hopeful. They had done a CT scan that day just to kind of as a reference. And then um, that was January. So he took two rounds of the the new chemo. Okay. March 1st, we went in for new scans and it was nerve wracking because, you know, we didn't know, you know, for two months, if this is working, if it's not. And so he had his scans and we met with the doctor and the results hadn't come in yet when the doctor met with us. So he's kind of just, you know, asking him how we did with everything. And, and then he went, he said, well, let me check again. And he was reading the report to us. And he said, the tumor shrunk significantly. Wow. And we're just like, wait, you said it was just going to maintain. And he said, well, in in less than 10% of the cases, um, it, can cause a little bit of shrinkage, but to significantly shrink is less than 2%. And he was, I mean, you could tell because he had just read this. He didn't have time to question. He was bored, Yeah. So he gave us the
3: measurements and everything, and,
2: and we're just so excited because he had, Logan had not had any nausea. He had no fatigue. He had his blood counts dropped a little bit, but not nearly what they had before he didn't need blood transfusions not one day in the hospital wow. on medicine that wasn't supposed to shrink it. Sure. So I got in the car and I'm doing the math to see the percentage of shrinkage because they, they did a cross section of the largest part of the tumor. Okay. And compared those measurements with the measurements from the, the first scan and I looked at the number and I'm like, this can't be right. So I, I did it three more times, got the same number. And then I sent it to two friends that, you know, I knew
0: were good at Our math. math people. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Please
2: do this math for me and send me what you get. It was 46% that it shrunk in two rounds of this chemo that was not supposed to shrink.
0: Man, that's incredible.
2: So it was. And then we had more scans May, um, the 1st of May. And it shrunk an additional 32%. So this medicine is blowing the doctor's minds because it's not meant to do this. It's actually a breast cancer medicine. And okay. it, it, this was a whim because it had that one marker that they identified with the piece that they took off in the surgery. So all my question, why did we even have to go through the surgery? That's why, because we needed that marker. And, <laughs> and so God is doing amazing
0: things with this little pill. So. Well, wow. and it was that one marker that kind of was like a huge arrow that pointed them to this medicine, and and yeah, oh my goodness, that's good. So so the tumor is continuing to shrink, and um, and I you know I, I know I follow you guys on social media, so uh, Logan has launched his own power washing business, I see, he <laughs> and he's so and he's he's trying to get ready to go to school, right? He's leaving for Pensacola Christian College in the fall okay
2: study engineering um everything's back on track he goes to play basketball with his friends all the time he's power washing he's he's living a normal life and it's just and it's funny because when they first you know told us about this pill I texted a friend and I said I'm having a hard time accepting this because it's just a pill like I can't imagine the mm-hmm. solution to this huge overwhelming problem is this tiny pill and she said do you think David um imagine the solution to Goliath was a little pebble it's <laughs> just oh, like oh wow okay. that was
3: good that I know good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: I'm like okay this is our rock and I mean yeah he's just doing great and the thing is he still has cancer You know, they said at any point in time, this medicine can just, you know, the tumor can become immune and it can stop working and we'll have to on to something else. But like I said, you know, whatever road God's leading us down, you know, he's proven himself time and time again that he's faithful and he's got a plan that's bigger than us. So,
0: yeah. So, you know, Jen, I know that um, there's somebody listening that this is really lining up with right now and their situation could be cancer. Because uh, you know, cancer affects so many families' lives, um, and but it also could be something different. But for the person out there is listening right now, who is just angry at God, and is frustrated with God, and is is struggling with the circumstances that life is stacking stacking up against them right now. What would you tell them? So
2: hold on and trust the process. Um, that's what I had to learn. And, you know, it's easy to say we have faith when we're still holding on to the things that we can hold on to. But when God takes all of that away and we have nothing left but him, trust him because that's exactly where he wants to. I mean, Tony posts this all the time. The definition of a miracle is something man can't do. And Mm -hmm. if we want to see that miracle, we have to get to the point where man can't do anything. And that's, a very hard place to be, especially I think for moms, because they're so used to being in control of everything and, you know, with their kids and their families and running everything. But it's when we get to that point that we can fully learn to trust God and, and have true faith, not just have faith, as long as I'm holding on over here.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know that also uh, just because of the number of people that obviously um, listen, there's, there's somebody there and they're like, well, that's easy for you to say, Jen, because your kid got better. And, uh, but my situation didn't get better. My situation maybe got worse or, or maybe God took somebody home or, you know, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. Um, and you know, I think what you said about Mary, uh, is so powerful because we don't understand the journey that God takes us on. And I, the cross will forever be the most miraculous death there's ever been in the fact that we, there's nothing could explain why the cross was necessary, uh, except to pay the price for our sin. And sometimes death is necessary for life to happen. And we don't, I just don't think we have a box to put that in, in our humanness uh, I don't know that we ever will, but we can sure look at the cross and say, thank you, you know, for what you did there um, and the miracles that have been born out of that. So, for that person, maybe that's out there and says, yeah, well, that's good for you, Jen, because it worked out for you right now. But what about me? Um, I still think there's powerful things to be said. Um, so, what, how would you encourage that person today?
3: Oh, well, I mean, for one,
2: I mean, we're still in the middle of it. Like, like I said, there's no guarantees that this is going to work forever. And so I'm not going to I hesitant to say stuff because I could very well be in that boat, you know, Mm -hmm. later on. But I just, like you said, I mean, God has this plan and, and, Nobody understood Mary didn't understand you know the disciples didn't understand why Jesus had to die and in mm-hmm. hindsight, we can look back and we can see the plan and the purpose in everything in every bible character and and everything, yeah. but when we're going through our own stories, it's really hard to keep that in mind, so
3: yeah we
2: just have to trust he he hasn't failed yet. I mean yeah. he's not going to start with you, so yeah,
3: and so the David answer really you, is the same,
2: isn't it yeah. If he chooses to yeah. take logan and and he may, I mean, it would devastate me. I love my son more than you know, yeah, but if he does, I have to trust that God is sovereign and that he has a plan that again is bigger than me. it's bigger than logan
0: and and he's gonna do amazing things through that. so yeah, and I, I and not. No, it's, it's, it's hard. It's just a hard place. And I don't think, you know, it, it's easy for people to talk about it that have never been there. But it's another right. thing to talk to somebody like you who has sat there uh, night after night after night after night after night in a hospital mm-hmm. and, you know, watch them shock your child's heart and watch your, your, your go through open heart surgery and and just watch the the highs and the lows of, you know, it's not working. It is working. It's not working. It is working. And we don't know. And, <laughs> you know, we think we know. and I can only imagine what a roller coaster ride that is. Um, and yet God has just uh, you know, I don't think any of us are gonna look at Mary the same way now that now that you've been on the podcast. Uh every woman is going, oh my word. Um, but you know, as she we probably handled it so much better, but I was just, you know. No, hey, well, you know, she she was born in a little bit different time frame. So um, but she didn't know what she was missing, right? Um right but it was one of those things where I think that God teaches us and uses those lessons for all of us. And so, man, I so appreciate you, you know, sharing that with us. Um, and so, you know, I know that Logan's planning on going to college, uh, in the fall, which is such a cool thing. Uh, he's working a job. He's taking that pill and you guys are trying to get back to life as normal as possible, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, I mean, are there days that you still struggle? There's really
2: not because life is pretty much back to normal. Um, okay. So I mean, I out of sight, out of mind, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I just no.
2: like I said, as long as he's handling it well, I handle it well. So I gotcha. It feels good, and and it's not
0: affecting him. It doesn't affect me. Wow. So that's that's crazy. So it's so good. This has just been so good, and I so appreciate you coming on the podcast and just being willing to be open. I know that. Um, knowing you, uh, as long as we have and talking about it, I know that this is not actually your comfort zone. Uh, your, your husband is comfortable behind the mic speaking. Uh, you're comfortable behind a mic, but only singing, right? Uh, so if I'd asked you to come on the podcast and sing a song, you'd have been fine. But the fact that we ask asked you to talk has been a lot. So, uh, so I really appreciate that. Um, we always end the podcast with some really fun, uh, questions, uh, that we call rapid fire questions. And these are just, of fun get to know you questions uh, a reminder that we're all pretty human um Mm -hmm. and so i'm gonna just give you a bunch of these and you can just give me whatever comes right off the top of your head all right so uh here we go so what outside of the bible you can't use the bible okay Okay. what book has impacted you covenant child by terry blacksock covenant child very good all right uh what do you enjoy doing in your free time what, free time? Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: Um, if I had free time, I love to read. Um, I think my new obsession is uh, my puppy that we got.
3: Oh, you got, what kind of puppy did you get?
2: It was, I have never liked dogs ever in my whole life.
0: Okay, never you've never liked dogs. Ever. All right, there we go.
2: Yeah, and um, for Christmas, we had a friend that their dogs had puppies. And Jordan thought it would be really funny to play a prank on us. And Christmas Eve, he brought home a puppy and wrapped it up and gave it to us. And it was just a joke. He told him we were going to return it the next day, but he fell in love, and now we <laughs> still have. <him>.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and we still have this puppy.
3: Oh, I love
2: it. That I mean, is. Fun. My, I'm his favorite, so. <laughs> there you go. And what kind of dog is it again? It's a. The cocker spaniel, King Cavalier mix. Okay. And then the kids named, because we were big Marvel fans, the kids named him Peter Barker.
0: Okay. That is hysterical. All right. Very good. Well, I know that you guys um, are quite the, uh, the escape room enthusiast. Yes. Yes. Now, I do know this about you guys. And I think <laughs> you guys just did like a marathon escape room, right? We did. Yeah. In
2: the middle of the night, four rooms from 12, or from 1 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you guys got through all of them. We did, which is really okay, really cool. So if you're in escape rooms, so okay, that's really cool. All right, <laughs> tell us this: what is something that people often get wrong about you?
3: Oh, um, I, don't, I was told once that I came across as stuck up.
2: Sometimes because I'm quiet and I don't like put myself out there. I'm just I'm not that kind of person. Yeah. But they- because of that that i was just stuck up and i only liked my friends and i'm not i'm i'm really nice sometimes
0: yeah. <laughs> really nice
2: i <laughs> just have a really hard time like just going up to people
0: and talking they usually sure. have to approach them, so sure yeah yes you you are a little shy so i i get that <laughs> all right so what okay so a favorite movie you may have just kind of clued us in a little bit on that but just because it's your family's marvel is your favorite oh. of your families it might not be your favorite so what's your favorite movie
2: personally my favorite movies are uh national
0: treasure oh don't you just love that movie i love those movies Yes, yeah. I, I was do. disappointed they didn't make a third one i know i can watch those movies again and again and again i always yeah. love national treasure i just think they're great okay that's good okay so favorite meal if you can have any meal at all what's going to be your favorite meal
2: probably chicken enchiladas
0: Chicken, oh, all right. Exactly. Sounds good. All right. This is always a fun question because you just never know what you're gonna get on this one, but what's on your nightstand? <laughs> See, it's always Tums. Tums. Okay, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Tums. Yeah, we, we have gotten phone charger, books, like, yeah. you know, water. Uh... <laughs> yeah. What is the tums okay very good all right okay so here's a fun one what is a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you a lot of joy my kids
3: laughing
0: mm. um we've
2: always been a close family but this last year has just really brought us to a place i mean my my kids are best friends and Growing up when they were fighting all the time and everything, I dreamed of this moment where they would be able to tolerate each other, but they are are legitimately best friends and just, they'll be so goofy and have us all cracking up. And I just absolutely love hearing that.
0: Mm, That's good. Um, So what are you deeply grateful
3: for? I'm I'm with my family that I didn't know last
0: year that I would have. Yeah, well, that's 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 awesome. And here's our last question. It's the one everybody always uh, gets to answer, but it's what keeps you deeply rooted. You know, our whole show is about staying rooted deep, and Psalm One is kind of our theme uh, for our podcast. And you know, we're trying to help people who listen find ways to say, okay, what what keeps you rooted deep? What keeps you stable in the storms and everything that comes through? What is that? So, Jen, what is that for you?
2: I have amazing friends. I have just a group of ladies that, you know, some of them are staff wives and and just, you know, friends that I've had for 20 plus years that just encourage me. Even before this, they they would uplift me and encourage me just, you know, through the day-to-day, but they've been incredible through this past year. And they just, they're always willing to, to speak into me. And, you know, I've heard that being a pastor's wife is sometimes incredibly lonely because you don't have people to talk to. Well, God has given me such a support system with my friends. So I'm just very thankful for that. And, you know, when I need somebody to talk to, they're just willing to tell me exactly exactly what I need at the moment. So
0: mm, That's good. That's really good. Well, I want to thank you for being willing to come on the podcast and just share your family story and your journey. And also, maybe even more importantly, just being able to share what God's taught you
3: yeah.
0: personally. Uh, through this journey. Um, And I think, you know, knowing you for as long as I have, I think, you know, in so many ways, this has, this has forever changed you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I I think I couldn't help it and, you know, but change, but change you. And so I see so many wonderful, uh, just the goodness of God in you and the grace of God in you and the work of God in you. And that's a cool thing uh, as your friend to be able to see God working like that in and through your life. So thank you uh, for being willing to come on. And thanks for uh, taking that huge step, uh, being able to come to the podcast and uh, share with us. Hopefully it will encourage others who uh, are a little anxious about it as well. But I know you've helped somebody today, and that's really what it's all about. All right, well, listen, thanks so much for uh, joining us today on the podcast. Uh, we will uh, be back next time and have more great conversations and more opportunities just to share around the word. And uh, until then, stay rooted and deep. We'll talk to you later.
3: Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.